Are you looking for a quick keto meal that has not just a little bit of protein in it, but also all the electrolytes, vitamins, protein, fat, and more that will meet one-third of your daily needs? Then let me introduce you to Keto Chow. It's a quick and easy-to-mix shake that is designed to give you a complete ketogenic meal. You're able to customize the calories because you decide how much fat to add. Most people mix it with heavy whipping cream, but you can also use avocado oil, coconut cream, a little MCT oil, or any other fat of your choice. Keto Chow is designed specifically for people on the go to replace one to two meals in their day. It comes in eight flavors, including chocolate, vanilla, chocolate peanut butter, cookies and cream, strawberry, mocha, banana, and salted caramel in both individual meal samples as well as a large 21 meal bag. There's also a sample of all the things bundle that has one of each flavor plus a Keto Chow blender bottle to get you started. Head on over to JimmyLovesKetoChow.com and use the coupon code LLVLC to get 10% off of your first order. JimmyLovesKetoChow.com Through exploring our own health, you try a lot of different things. We were both vegetarians. We've tried just counting calories, intermittent fasting without keto. We've tried basically all of the diets. You kind of need to do that so that then when you land on keto, you really know that it's like significantly better than anything you've tried before and it's a real sustainable lifestyle. Living the vida loca, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer, motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast some fellow podcasters. I always love interviewing fellow podcasters because I know they have good microphone equipment, number one. (laughs) But number two, they usually have the gift of gab. And today's guests are no exception. They are Mega Barrett and Matt Gadke, and they're here today because they have a brand new book I want you to know about. It actually releases today. It's called Keto Made Easy, 100 plus easy keto dishes made fast to fit your life. Now, they've been out there for a little while now at KetoConnect.net. And they also do some keto-related YouTube videos, uh, and I've been watching those videos. You guys are hilarious on camera. Uh, They also are very active on Instagram, where they do a lot of Instagram live videos pretty much on a daily basis, answering questions all about low-carb ketogenic diets. So they've been out there a little while now doing their thing. Oh, and oh yeah, by the way, that podcast, Keto for normies. We're going to have all the links in the show notes section at the livinglowcarbshow.com, but I need some oxygen now, you guys. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. That might be the best intro we've ever gotten. I agree. Wow, cool. Well, I've done it a while, and you guys do such a good job with everything you do. It's very professional. And a lot of people, Matt and Mega, they may go, okay, who are these people? Where did they come from? Where was their interest in keto? And why have they suddenly come on the scene with a, a podcast 
and with YouTube videos and being very active on social media and now a brand new book. So who wants to tell the story? I guess I can tell it. Um, we started out just, you know, we, we were cooking all the time and we were always health conscious people. And, you know, through exploring our own health, I think you kind of try a lot of different things. We were both vegetarians. We both tried just counting calories, you know, intermittent fasting without keto. We've tried basically all of the diets. And so then I think you kind of need to do that so that then when you land on keto, you really know that it's like significantly better than anything you've tried before. And it's a real sustainable lifestyle. Yes. So that kind of intersected with the fact that I hated my job. I was a computer engineer. Um, Mega was studying for the bar exam. She just graduated law school. And, you know, we had just always been cooking. That was like a big bonding thing that we did. And that's how our relationship grew for the most part. So one day I bought a $600 camera, big investment. And I credit that with a lot of the reason why we stuck with it when no one was really like watching our videos or making our recipes. You got to justify the expense. So uh, we just kind of cooked recipes, uh, shared them on the Internet. People started to like it. Yes. And honestly, like at that point, we were real amateurs. Like we didn't know much. We were just sharing a lot. And as more people watch, you take it more seriously. You have some responsibility in the scene, um, I would say. So yeah. that has just propelled us to like learn more, get better. And I think we're really like perfecting our craft at this point, just doing it every single day because we now do this for a living. Oh, you're good at it, too. Like I I told you before we came on the air, I am huge fans of what you guys do. I love it that you get on there and you take every question known to mankind on your Instagram lives. I mean, you guys and you really always give a professional answer. And if you don't know the answer, you're. Uh, wise enough to say, you know, I don't know, but let's find out. That'll be something I need to dig deeper on. Um, I, I love that about what you guys do. Yeah, I think that's a really cool thing, too. We do Instagram lives every morning at 9 a.m. And it's good because we get a ton of the same questions and we have like just just you go into like reactionary mode when you get the same question. But every once in a while, you get a unique question that you're like, oh, I want to go research that. And over time, like we've been doing the lives every morning, I think, for maybe five months now. You really start learning a lot just through people kind of identifying the things that you don't know. That's right. Finger on the pulse is what we call that. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mega, yes. you graduated from the bar. And now you now you're going to be a soon to be best-selling cookbook author. What's <laughs> up with that? <laughs> well, you are just too kind with your words. But um so I did go to law school, so I have my JD, but I actually failed the bar and looking back, I am very very happy that was the case. Because I feel like if I had passed the bar, I would have felt obligated to get a legal job. And then I might have just stayed in that and not really pursued Keto Connect as a real option. But I mean, I kind of I went down that path from family pressure. And I feel like that happens to a lot of people and you don't really know what you love and enjoy doing, but then you find the right person like I did with Matt, or you find something you love to do like the diet or cooking and you, you give yourself the chance to explore it like I did. And then I quickly realized that, um, I could never do a real job in my life again. I mean, we, we, we work, we have real jobs. We have real (laughs) jobs. I won't say that, but I mean, going to another office and working for another person or another company, it's just not the same when you're, when you're doing it for yourself, you know? 
Guys, I've been doing this since 2006 full time. So I feel wow. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I was doing it when nobody was paying attention. That was the fun part. I started this show in 2006 and literally iPhones weren't even invented yet when I started my podcast. And so I got pretty good when no one was listening so that now they're listening. Oh, okay, great. So people like you had to like come on the scene and really have this quick learning curve to Uh really, you know, make a difference and to make your voice heard. Why do you think people have resonated with your message and Keto Connect and Keto for Normies and all the different branding that you've done and now Keto Made Easy? Why do you think they're connecting to you guys? I think we were actually just talking about this. A lot of it has to do with our chemistry and the way we connect on camera. People can relate to that. (laughs) So there's other couples out there that are like, oh, if Matt and Meg can do it and they live together, so can I with my boyfriend or my wife. And we try to make it as relatable and approachable as possible. Like, yeah, you can drink. Yeah, you can you know, you don't have to stick to these hard and fast rules. You can do whatever you want if it makes you feel good and experiment with it. And we try to make it fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I just know the reason I go on the internet or particularly on YouTube, I'm not looking for, you know, like the speech by a doctor telling me how ketosis works. I'm looking for, you know, like the 22 year old guy in a dorm room who's like actually doing it and then giving me the results. So that's what we try to do. We don't really preach things that we haven't put into practice personally. And I think that's kind of just like the movements of the internet currently. Like you want to see people who have done it and just sharing their experiences. Experiences are worth more than just like research and knowledge. Well, all that is is very valuable too. But I like going on the internet and just like looking for a guy who's done it. Right. Well, and that's the one thing when... I was trying to get out there and trying to write books for Victor Belt. And they were like, what do you want to write about? And anyway, I was like, you know, everybody has these great scientific books out there. Nobody's translating it into real world language. And so mm-hmm. that's when I wrote my my Keto Clarity and other kind of books that tried to make it a little easier to understand. And I see you guys doing the same thing in video form, um, you know, with what you do. You're real people. People see you in the day to day. You talk about the the ups and downs and oh, that didn't work or, you know, you're just you're <laughs> real people. And I think that connect is such a great word. Keto Connect was just perfect. Who, who came up with that branding? <laughs> I came up with it, but it's not uh, the kind context you're probably thinking of. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the way I originally came up with it, obviously we didn't think it would get this far, but um, I'm does. like a big hip hop <laughs> fan and uh, a connect is like a person that you go to, to get drugs from, to sell on the street. Like you need a good connect. Oh so my, I was like, yes, we, that's we can totally be the- another. <laughs> 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 so I was like, we could be the keto connect, you know, the people come to us to get easy keto to get recipes to make keto more approachable. We're the connect. So that's how I was thinking of it. But it makes sense both ways. <laughs> we'll go with my story. It's a lot more. Clean. Yeah. Yes, I'm just we kidding. Will. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's cool, guys. So so then you start going into the podcasting realm And again, when I saw Keto for Normies, like right next to Living La Vida Low Carb Show in the rankings, who are the Keto for Normies? So where did that come from? (laughs) So originally, well, Matt and I, when we we still were doing the food blog and the YouTube channel, we were still working our nine to five. So both of us were always listening to podcasts. And I'd realized 
marketing podcasts are huge for marketing. Like we could, you know, market our own stuff, but we also get ourselves out there and on a different platform. And so I feel like I'd been asking Matt to do a, yeah. a podcast for months until he finally was like, fine, let's do it. So I was like, I'll take on the back end. But Matt came up with Keto for Normies. <laughs> he, I feel like he's the name guy and it always takes like 10 seconds and we're just like, all right, let's go with it because we don't want to yeah. just waste more time on a name. We don't right. think much about the names or the ideas or we just kind of do things. But yeah, I think once we quit our jobs, it was like, if we're not doing everything, we're probably not doing enough. So we just decided to, to do a podcast at that nice. point. And one like un the benefit that I didn't know we would get out of it going in is being able to interview people that are way more knowledgeable than us and learn <laughs> stuff. And that just yes. makes everything a lot better. Yeah. Pick their brains. Yeah. Yeah, that was the funny um, because people are like, how do you get all these like big name people on your show? I'm, I'm like, shh, it's a secret. I ask them. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> and in this community, more than likely, um, you know, they have – you know, they're, they're more than overjoyed to be able to come on. I see you guys had Dr. Ben Bickman on recently to talk about some yeah. of the protein on a ketogenic diet. And I mean, that's such an important thing. And Ben is about to go on an eight month sabbatical. And so I snagged him right before he went on his sabbatical for another one of my shows. So, yeah, it's all you got to do is ask. Yeah. We're still waiting to hear back from LeBron James. <laughs> Lebron would be amazing. And I've been trying to get, I, I, that's my little pen name because I, I hate Cleveland Cavaliers, but I've been trying to get uh, him or Halle Berry or any of these like, yeah. celebrities that have really helped popularize ketogenic. Uh, yeah. I think LeBron has to get out of the NBA uh, playoffs first before he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about, this book, because the book Keto Made Easy uh, is now available, you guys. Go get it. And it's going to be in Costco stores. Congratulations, by the way. It took four, no, five books before I got into Costco. <laughs> so now uh, you're going to be in Costco as of June the 5th. So that's pretty awesome. Are you excited about that? We are very excited. We are huge Costco fans. We go there like every week. Um, it's the best. But yeah, the cookbook, we're super excited about it. Um, it's over a hundred recipes, keto made easy. And I guess like our thinking of what we wanted the book to be, it's our first cookbook. We wanted it to just be kind of in line with what we view ourselves as and what most of our content is. It's basically making keto more approachable for the commoner and uh, not in a derogatory term, but you know, like keto diet is so far removed from what is normal in America today, where it's yes. just like, you know, you grab a package of chips. It's very intimidating to start keto. Um, so we kind of want to bridge the gap and what that means to us and kind of the way we started a keto diet is through like learning to make bread. Like how do I make keto bread? Cause it's hard to just give up bread. Like the the advice for so long has just been eat healthy and, you know, people can't do that. So there has to be a different way to that. And I think like making keto bread, it's a lot of comfort food replacements. Takeout food. Takeout favorites. We got mm. like a good breakfast section in there. We have a whole section of desserts. Um, yeah, it's just like a really good book for someone first starting a keto diet that is just intimidated that they have to give up so much. This book will kind of bridge the gap for that. And then a lot of our viewers, um, and I'm sure yours are like moms with yeah. kids, families to feed, they have to pack lunches. So you want food that is going to be palatable and enjoyable by the entire family because Matt and I, and I'm sure you, you, we could eat the same thing every day because we know it's good for us and we want to just feel good as opposed to just, you know, eating delicious foods. But our book really, 
um, targets a family. So if you have kids, they're going to love the desserts and you can, you know, eat the takeout favorites that are also healthier. I am looking on page 112 and I found the recipe that Jimmy Moore is going to make first. What Bacon is Bacon and crab, mac and freaking oh. cheese. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, that's a cauliflower mac and cheese recipe. Um, we have a lot of good remakes like that. A couple of my favorites, just since we're picking favorites here, <laughs> is so we got this product. It's called it's from Keto Hana. It's granola. And it was like amazing. It was one of my favorite tasting products we've ever gotten. So we remade it like shortly after. But we've been holding out the recipe for the cookbook. So it's called Golden Gate Granola. I believe it's in the cookbook. It's just really easy. And it's like a good uh, snack for on the go. Yeah. Like when you fly to Hawaii and uh, have uh, proposed to your lovely uh, future bride. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations, yep. by the way, you guys. Thank you oh, so thanks. much. I, every time someone brings it up, I can only help but laugh because the instant went by so quickly because Matt was so nervous. He couldn't say much. And then I just started bursting out laughing because that's what I do when I get nervous. So it looks and sounds very nice, but it was just a really frantic moment. <laughs> we have very masked emotions over here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys uh, couldn't couldn't be happier for you. So I, oh, one of the you. things I loved about reading through your cookbook, by the way, was the ethnic dishes that are in there. And sag paneer, is mm -hmm. that, did I say it right? Yes. And that is one of my favorites. I highly recommend you make that second. So talk, talk about why there's some, uh, and this is obviously an Indian dish, um, why, why some of the cultural food? I mean, so also just a funny point. We were number one bestseller in Indian wine and cooking. And people were like, that makes no sense. And I was like, I think it's just because I'm Indian <laughs> and we have sag paneer. But um, that's funny. A lot of, I mean, a lot of people miss. So for me, at least I miss Indian food. I miss Thai food. I miss Chinese. I miss all the f fast foods or takeouts. takeouts. Yeah. Takeouts that I ate growing up with my family that are really hard to find still that can be low carb because when you get Indian food out or Thai food, they're putting in cornstarch, they're putting in sugar, they're using half and half as opposed to heavy cream. So we wanted the book to be really diverse in terms of recipes and um, food options, ethnicity wise, so that, you know, if you were missing Indian food once in a while, even if it was like once a year, you had the option to go to. And I think when you, when you're making a cookbook, like you only have so many things you can put in it. So right. my sort of approach is give people a good taste of something and then they can kind of explore that on their own. Like, I don't know, a lot of people in the U S don't even know what paneer is. Yeah. No. And so, you know, throwing a dish with paneer in there and then like, Oh, this is an option for keto. I can check out my Indian grocery store, get some paneer, check out the spices and just like explore that. Like I go months at a time, just like kind of diving down one particular cuisine type and just really learning as much as possible about that. Yeah. I, before I met like Matt, the first time he ate Indian food was with me, yeah, was <laughs> with me, which was only three years ago. And I'd been eating it since birth. So it is just fascinating that people don't have the knowledge, you know, that, you know, someone else might have in terms of food. It's actually funny. The, I think our third date ever was to an Indian restaurant and we got like <laughs> a, trad a traditional Indian meal. And I'm just, you know, I have my fork and my knife and I'm ready to eat. And she just like digs in with her hands like they do in India. And it was, it was kind of weird to me, but I guess she hooked me with that. Now, yeah, he's hooked now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Americans were very deculturalized in our fast food society of, of trying other cuisines. Other countries are a little more open, except they don't want American cuisine in other countries. I wonder why. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, you've been hearing me talk about this company called Real Good Foods and the pizzas and enchiladas that they make available at realgoodfoods.com. Well, guess what? They finally got into Walmart. So you can go to Walmart right now and get their two-time servings large pizzas all across Walmart stores in America. And each of these pizzas has only four grams of carbs per serving. They also have an exclusive flavor only at Walmart, bacon and cheese. So check out the store locator at realgoodfoods.com to find a store near you and get your Real Good Foods pizzas from Walmart today. Go support this ketogenic company real good foods hey guys i've got a great new product to tell you about here today that is the first all-in-one keto meal that gets its nutrition from quality real foods it's called ample k go to amplemeal.com enter the coupon code more one five that's m-o-o-r-e one five at checkout and you'll get 15 percent off your first order ample k is the first complete keto meal that gives you all the healthy fats in a powdered mix on the go format. It will help you stay in ketosis with just six net carbs for a 400 calorie meal. It is packed with MCTs for enhanced ketone production and 70% of the calories come from fat, which will help you satisfy your hunger, give you energy throughout the day and keep you in ketosis. It also is good for the gut health and they put 40 billion CFU probiotics in every meal. Again, it's called Ample K. Go to amplemeal.com and be sure to enter the coupon code MORE15 at checkout for 15% off of your first order. Ample K. Well, uh, one more recipe that caught my eye was your fathead crackers. If there's one uh, thing that people tell me is that they miss is some kind of a chewable, crunchy cracker. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming this is kind of a take off of like the fathead pizza crust uh, that you make crackers. Yeah, it's kind of like Cheez-Its, except a little bit softer. Those are really good. And we have a couple others on our food blog, too. We actually have like a flaxseed cracker recipe, which is pretty good. But yeah, it is tough to replace actual crackers on a keto diet. There's a few things that are just irreplaceable. Like You're not going to really be able to make spaghetti, like pasta, something like that. You're not really going to be able to make good potato chips or crackers, but you can get close, I guess. Yeah. And and the thing you learn also the longer you're on a keto diet, I'm sure you know, is the less you eat something, the less you crave it. Mm -hmm. So now like uh, chips used to be my, my kryptonite. And now I can go probably the rest of my life without eating Lay's chips because I know what they do to my body. And I also don't crave them as much. And I think so much of that is really just the habit. Like, you know, when, when I sit down at my computer desk, I get my potato chips and it's just a thing you do every day. Like before you go to bed, you have your chocolate. Um, a lot of it is breaking habits, not necessarily even breaking like your actual hunger or your actual desires for foods. Yeah, I think sometimes we so condition ourselves for our regular routine that your body knows what's coming at four o'clock in the afternoon when you're sitting down watching Oprah Winfrey back in the day, you know, and (laughs) you would have the bag of of chips and you're ready to go. And so four o'clock rolls around, your body's already produced the, the amylase and all the other digestive enzymes to start, you know, working on that. And then if you don't give it, it's like, uh, you get the cravings. And so it's a hard habit to break. 
Yeah, it is for sure. Even when you start doing like some intermittent fasting or a couple day long fasts, um, it's funny what you realize is when you skip a meal, like you're super hungry for a period of time, like maybe that two hour window where you normally have your meal. Yeah. But then once that passes, it's like you had already eaten a meal, even though you haven't, like you're not hungry anymore. I have heard that about fasting. <laughs> I <laughs> might have gotten that from your book. <laughs> I've done three 21 day fasts and I've come to the conclusion that that's a little long, that seven days is kind of the sweet spot for me. Uh, when I fast now, intermittent fasting is so super duper dippity easy when you're keto, uh, you don't really have to think about it. Yeah, I don't really we don't really do the long fast that much anymore. We did one or two. Yeah, we did one. It was supposed to be five days, but I I, I had to cut it off at four. And then yeah. Matt was like, OK, fine, I'll do it too with you. <laughs> and so now I mean, I've never been a big proponent of fasting and oddly, like I'm on a keto diet and I do almost 80 percent fat like it's very high fat. But fasting for me isn't as natural as a lot of people find it can be. Um, it feels still like punishment because I, I guess for me mentally, it's like putting the the rules around eating and like, oh, I have to wait till this time to get right. my 16 hours. That makes me feel like I'm yeah. punishing myself. And then it turns unhealthy for me. So I think a lot of people love to try fasting, but I feel like it's important to know you shouldn't force it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's definitely some people do really well with rules yeah. and some people do poorly with like strict rules around food. So Mega, I'm really curious, uh, when does that feeling kick in? Is it in the first day, like if you're 24, 24 hours in or does it wait until like day two, 36 hours into a fast? When do you start getting those feelings? Um, for me, so looking, thinking back to the four day fast, that for the first day was a really big struggle for me. The second day was easiest. And then the third and fourth were just torture. Like I think we napped and watched TV most of the day. And so it also felt like I'm not even able to be productive and do my job. So I, it's counter counterintuitive, right? Or counterproductive wild. Cause your experience is exactly the opposite of most people that are keto going into a fast Usually day one's pretty easy because, duh, keto, you're satisfied. Right. <laughs> day two is a little sucky because your body's expecting food. But then, uh, like Matt said, when you push through kind of that little bit of expectation, then you feel good. And by day three, four, five on after that, you feel good. That's that's really interesting. You're the first one I've ever heard react that way. But it just shows the bioindividuality of all of us. Yeah, I have heard that you break through the the feeling of low energy and you really start feeling good after a while. I think we were like almost there, but we called it a little early. <laughs> yeah. When, when I did the complete guide to fasting, I went on a podcasting tour where I was on other people's shows. And I'd be like, yeah, today I'm on day 12 of a of a extended fast. And people were like, what? You're, you're so energetic. I'm, yeah, that's kind of what happens. <laughs> Yeah. How do you have trouble sleeping when you're doing when you're on like day 12 of a long fast? I find I can have less sleep and feel better because I think mm -hmm. there's not as much repair that needs to take place because the body, the insulin is low. Obviously, the inflammation is going down. So, yes, less sleep, but yes, more rested. I like that theory. I've never heard that before. But, yeah, that makes sense.
So what, what is like your, I guess you're thinking back to your first fast, what was like the purpose or the reasoning and, and allowed you to go so long? Cause See, I imagine is, it was harder than this the third. This is why it's a danger when podcasters interview other podcasters because the tables <laughs> turn. I'm happy to be interviewed. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we will definitely be having you on our podcast and fasting will be a great topic, but I was just curious as to um, your reasoning, I guess, for doing the first 21 day one. Yeah. Well, I was writing a book about it, so I wanted to experience what I was going to be writing about. And so that was my first reason for doing a 21 day fast. But then I felt so good and was, you know, I'm still trying to heal insulin resistance from 16 cans of Coca-Cola. I used to drink a day and whole boxes of little Debbie snack cakes and all the other crap that used to be a part of my diet. So I'm still trying to heal a lot of the past damage. That's what I see fasting is for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense then. That was funny, the little, we switched roles there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so natural, though, to be asking questions. Oh, I do the same you know. thing. I, yeah. I do other podcasts with other co-hosts, and I'll go into interview mode. I'm like, wait a minute, I've been doing this for a very long time. My brain can't not go there. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, let's get back to you guys, because you mentioned earlier that your regular ketogenic diet tends to be around... 80% fat. And this is kind of a big controversy in the keto community right now of whether a ketogenic diet that is well formulated should be high in fat and fat being the basis of the diet as far as the macronutrients go, or if it should be protein, a higher protein approach. And I recently tested this theory on my own, but you guys have any thoughts about this? I have pretty strong thoughts on it now after doing keto for, I think, like three years now. And I honestly, I thought I was feeling good for sure when I was doing more of what a person initially does when they start keto, which is more of a higher protein approach because you don't really know how to do high fat when you start keto. And uh, yeah, exactly. So I, f I felt good. Like I felt significantly better than I did on the standard American diet for sure. But it was definitely like a next level when I started doing 80% fat. I feel way, way better. And I don't think if anyone's tried both, it's hard for me to believe. Obviously, everyone's different. But it's hard for me to believe that you would have a different takeaway than the higher fat just really makes you feel better. I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword as far as satiety will go because protein is going to make you feel fuller. So like if you're doing it for weight loss, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily say 80% fat's the way to go, although it could still be the way to go for you. But, um, yeah, for me, just performance based keto diet, I think 80 around 80%, at least 75 or higher is my sweet spot. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the, so we had been doing like 80 or higher for the past 90 days. We were doing like a cutting course type of thing. And so with Robert, I, right? Yes. With Robert keto savage. And we had felt so good and we didn't know any different. And then once we went to Hawaii, like a week and a half ago, that was, we were there for a full week and we weren't tracking. We were enjoying like all the poke and all the meat we could. Yeah, you were. And by, <laughs> yeah. And by day three, Matt and I were like, dragging. We were like, what is going on? I was constipated, obviously, because my body wasn't adjusting to all that protein again. But I just I felt like crap. Yeah, it was protein and then just not making an effort because to do 80% fat, you really have to make a good effort to do that. Yeah. That's right. And eating out in Hawaii is not like like if you even eat out in the US, it's hard to really get fat added to, to your food It's mostly going to be like you can do low carb pretty easily. But doing high fat is tough if you're just eating out the whole time. You're lucky if you find butter in a restaurant. 
I know. Yeah. They're like, wait, do you want margarine? I'm like, no, I do not want margarine. I want the opposite of margarine. (laughs) (laughs) So while we're on controversial subjects, what do you think about the carnivore diet? I, we've tried it. Um, I think there's a lot of good takeaways from it for sure. I think you can apply it to a keto diet in some good ways. So like, I know Sean Baker is a big carnivore guy. We had him on our podcast. I don't think his approach is like what I would do. It's not because I like to think of nutrition. Like four pounds of (laughs) ribeyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I like to think of nutrition kind of in a the way of like what makes sense ancestrally. Were we ever eating four pounds of muscle meat from an animal? I don't think so. I think it was more of um, like the organ meats were definitely highly prized. That was the first thing they ate. Right. And then decent amounts of fat. Definitely a lot of animal protein, but um, if I, I do something close to carnivore diet right now, but I add fats to it. So yes. I, I still try hitting around 80% calories from fat with like added butter. And it yeah, wouldn't that be that just... hard if you have a one-to-one ratio of fat to protein in the like a ribeye steak, for example, yeah, and then you right. add a nice buttery Bernays kind of sauce on top, you get to that 80% pretty easy. Exactly. That's what I kind of like to do. Um, what do you think about the carnivore diet? There's the question. I'm curious. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking to your lovely future bride. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's 70-30 uh, breakdown. So 70% fat, 30% protein. It's still, for me personally, a little bit too high in protein. I would need to bump the protein down Probably closer to 20%. That's like the max for me or I get ill effects from too much protein. And so, so yeah, I would do the same thing that you did. I would add a fatty sauce or other sources of fat to it. I think in general it could be good. Now, the the test that I did, I don't know if you saw the experiment that I did, but it was a three to one protein to fat ratio a la uh, what we saw from Dr. Ted Naiman. He talks about that quite a bit. He'd be somebody really good to have on your show as well, but Ted gave us this protocol and he said, you want to test high protein, do three to one ratio of protein to fat. So that came out to 270 grams of protein and 90 grams of fat for Jimmy Moore. And (laughs) that sucked. I had 15 bouts of hypoglycemia in seven days. It was miserable as per Yeah, I I experienced the same thing, honestly. I know um, there's something to be said for like, don't fear protein, but to a degree, like high, super high protein is almost as impactful on me as uh, carbs are. Yeah. And just, and just that I'm not feeling quite as good. And for me, like waking it would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially for someone who's insulin resistant and has a sensitivity to carbohydrate, people devalue It's a delayed response, but it's still a response of excessive protein. It does have some sort of a metabolic effect on your hormones. You have to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like a few good rules we've been instituting lately that just help us with this is uh, trying to eat higher grams of fat than protein at every meal. Whereas in the past, maybe we would let that slide once in a while, but we're pretty diligent about that now. And I think that's like a good thing you can implement in your diet if you're looking to just be sure that you're getting your higher fat in every day. And if you want to do that, just go to the Death by Chocolate Cheesecake on page 210 (laughs) and you will get a total of 37 grams of fat and only seven grams of protein. Perfect ratio for high fat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, now we'll have to make that and send it to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
I'm going to see you guys at KetoCon. So if you bring me a slice at KetoCon, I will be your best friend forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about um, how you help people troubleshoot their diet, because this is probably the thing that I think you guys add so much value to the community that I'm not seeing a lot of other people that are just talking in the esoteric language of science, which we need those people, but we need people on the, you know, boots on the ground that can really help get in their hands dirty right there in the nitty gritty of how do you help people kind of start this diet and, and help them overcome the mistakes. And we've already identified a lot of people do too much protein too soon. They cut their carbs, but then they eat too much protein. What are some of the other common mistakes that people are making when they first start? I, I think the biggest mistake is looking for the answers. Like you're going to, you think you're going to find this resource out there that just tells you what to do and all you have to do is do it. And then, you know, everything falls into place. I think the biggest takeaway from our channel and from our website is that you kind of just have to approach your own health, your own body as an experiment that you're going to learn things about. You're going to make adjustments personally because that's what we're doing on our channel. It's always like trying things, figuring out what works for you. And a lot of the questions we get stem from a person wanting a shortcut, wanting to get there faster. We might have the answer. We'll give it to them and then they don't have to figure it out for themselves. Um, that's going to get you only so far. It's going to be much better and it's going to stick with you more if you actually learn from your own experiences. So like, a lot of people will have questions about doing carb ups is a big one. So we kind of oh, yeah. did some e experiments around that. Um, and we're, you know, we tested a lot of the protocols. Like there's a targeted keto diet protocol, a cyclical keto diet, and none of those worked out too well for us. And it was just kind of interesting to see how like one night of carb ups, it really impacts you for like the next two to three days. So you're really only doing a keto diet for maybe like three or four days of the week. And for me, that's not enough benefit to like my gym performance to justify it. And um, some, some other questions, a lot of questions are honestly just like the minutia of the diet where you don't really need to get that deep. You just have to do a majority of the things right. Right. Um, do you have any examples? Um, yeah. So uh, Matt touched on it slightly. I think a big part of where people can go wrong is not having the right mindset when they're going into this to begin with. So it is a, you need to have like a long-term mindset when you're approaching the keto diet, in my opinion. A lot of people focus on their scale weight or yes. the keto numbers, and they're just so honed in on that. They're, they're foregoing all the other amazing benefits, like the energy and the focus and just feeling better and doing something really good for your body. We'll get emails over and over again. It's been three days and I've put on a pound or, you know, it's been a month and I've only lost 23 pounds. And so people are constantly comparing themselves to other people they see on Instagram or Facebook or expecting these tremendous results when, Hey, you know, three days isn't long enough to get a good idea if the keto diet works for you. And then 28 pounds or even like 10 pounds in one month is incredible. You should be proud of yourself. Yes. So I think people get bogged down by the numbers. And I knew, I know I used to very much be like that, but we all the longer do. you're on. Yeah, exactly. And so I think just focusing on how you feel every single day. Like if I wake up and I feel energized and good and I can attack my work or the day or whatever I need to do, then I'm happy. Like I've already succeeded right there. 
I've often joked, I wish we had little LED lights that like flashed across our chest that said triglycerides 58, you know, HSRP <laughs> 0.8, you know, and it's because yeah. it tells the whole story. All these health markers tell the story. Unfortunately, right. all people see about our quote health is how we look on the outside. And that doesn't always tell the whole story. Yeah, I think a lot of people... The, the ones that really stick with it are the ones that have some kind of health concern that they're trying to fix to where the scale weight becomes a secondary issue and they're just actually trying to get healthy. Those are the people that stick with healthy ways of eating. Yeah. Now, one other way you guys are helping a lot of people, in addition to answering all these great questions that you do pretty much daily, would you say the last five months in a row on Instagram, um, yeah. is you have a meal prep program that you try to help them because th this is the sad reality in America in 2018. We don't know how to cook and yeah. that meals. <laughs> and so you guys have helped uh, them out by creating this meal prep course. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. And and Matt and I have never like cooked professionally or we have no, no background in it. We just get in the kitchen and we make stuff. But yeah, the meal prep course, so it's 10 individual individual meal preps. So it's bulk meal prepping, which is what Matt and I like to do. Um, so you prep all your food, maybe Sunday or Monday for the entire week. So you have all your meals to go to take with you or to eat when you get home. So you're staying accountable. I think that's the biggest thing people have trouble with staying accountable. And so the best way to do that we've always found is having something quick and ready to go in your fridge. So you're not like thinking about it. Cause while I'm making the decision of what to eat, I'm also eating a keto bar and a quest bar and like all these delicious snacks. And then I'm full, but I still eat the meal. And then it, it just, it's a cycle. Yeah. I think it's huge because you need to have foods ready because uh, standard American diet, you can always like turn to just a prepackaged food. It's ready. It's, it's there for you when you get home from work at nine o'clock at night after a long day. That's easy. Um, but it's, it's also easy if you just take two hours on a Sunday to prep your meals for the week. And um, if you just Google keto on a budget, there is a free meal prep we have there. It's a $5 a day uh, meal prep. And you can just try that out if you want to get started and see what it will kind of be like prepping your meals for the week. If you haven't tried it yet, highly recommend you try meal prepping. It helps tremendously with keto. Oh, and it's so easy. Just pull stuff out of the freezer. Boom. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, we do that all the time. <laughs> and of course, you guys in the back of your book, Keto Made Easy, have nice meal plans for people to follow, uh, you know, when people are looking to get started, just tell me what to eat. You know, <laughs> that, that always yeah. trips me out. I'm like, it's called food. Uh, just <laughs> don't make it too high in carbs or protein and eat lots of real food based fats and you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do like the meal plans. And I think what I tried doing with the meal plans in the book is just giving more of example meal plans. So you, cause it's, again, you got to learn these things for yourself. You can't just always have the the guide that tells you exactly what to do. You got to figure some things out for yourself along the way. Yeah. Well, guys, you've been listening to Mega and Matt. They are from KetoConnect.net. That is their food blog, but they're all over the interwebs. Go check them out. Definitely go on Instagram at Keto. Is it Keto.Connect there? Is that right? Yeah, we we messed it up by not keeping it the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. I just want to make sure I did it right for people to hear and go follow them. They literally answer questions live on the air. Is it 9 a.m.? What is that, Eastern? Yep. 9 a.m. Eastern every day. So go check it out. 
guys and get their book. It's called Keto Made Easy. It's now available. We'll have a link to it in the show notes section at theliveinlowcarbshow.com and go to Costco June the 5th. It will be in there. And uh, you guys will be doing a book signing tonight, right? In Atlanta, Georgia? Yes, yes, we will. Yeah, so go support these guys. They're brand new authors. I always love seeing brand new authors kind of get their first taste of having a, a book under that. I have seven books now with a few more coming. And so it never gets old, guys, by the way. <laughs> You're uh, going to love the process and love uh, the experience. So soak it all in. And thanks for being here today on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Thanks, thanks so, so much, much for having us. Living La Vida Low Carb, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal, yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused, don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Disc.